When you're young, not much matters. When you find something that you care about, then that's all you got. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of every and all ages. Um, welcome to episode 10. We made it to 10 episodes. Holy crap, 10 weeks flew by like that. Like, November, we're already midway through November. I started in September. And we're already, we're already at 10, holy shit. This is awesome. Um, I'm going to start off thanking you guys, um, but let's get into the professionalism of this podcast, <laughs> as professional as it gets. Welcome to episode 10 of the 416 Podcast. I am your humble and gracious and always highly favored host, Adam Hughes. Hi guys, welcome. This is episode 10. Like I said, we've made it to 10 episodes. This is crazy. Um, when I started, like I said in the first episode, when I started it, I didn't think it was going to get as big as it got, and it's getting bigger as it, you know, as each week progresses. I'm getting new listeners. I'm telling new people about it. Um, but I didn't think it was going to get like I, I didn't know how many people were going to listen to it initially. Um, and then at this point at ten. I got almost 200 listens, which is actually for a small podcast. That's for me, at least for my sanity and my, you know, happiness, at least that's really good. And I want to thank everybody that's listened and all my future listeners. <clears throat> but I really want to thank the people who were here, um, excited for me from the start. And even the people that are excited for me now, like it doesn't matter. I don't care where you fall into the oh, I've been listening, I'm an OG day one type of person, or like I just recently discovered it, or I just may have mentioned it to this person, and they're now they're talking about, hey, wow, I like your podcast. Hey, I listened to your episode. One of my classmates was like, hey, I listened to your episode last week. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I've never heard anybody say that to me in person. Like I've, you know, I'm in group chats and stuff. And we're like, yeah, we listen to your podcast, but it's like, oh, thanks. But like having someone tell me like, hey, I did listen in person, it's it's a whole different feeling. Um, so thank you all for the support. Um, shout out to all my classmates and my professors that I've talked to and told um, about my podcast and the continuous listening and support and getting it out there saying, hey, listen to Adam's podcast. I appreciate that. Um I really do. I I do appreciate that. That that means a lot to me. Um and I wouldn't be here, you know, as as a podcaster without you guys. So, thank you guys. Um I also want to give a little shout out. Um yesterday was my friend Allie's 23rd birthday along with she has she's part of some triplets, so she's got two sisters also. Um I just want to say happy birthday to Allie. Uh, I know it's the day later, but you know, <laughs> the sentiment is still there. Um, I hope she had a great birthday, um, and I can't wait to see her soon. Um, so let's get right into it, guys. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We got a lot of good music that came out. Not not so much albums, but more like we had one big album, one re-release of an album, and then a bunch of like singles and stuff that came out, which was also pretty cool. Um, a lot of announcements for different albums coming up, and um. Just a lot of good stuff. And then um, it's Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. I know I alluded to that last week. Um, I'm going to touch on that more so at the end. So stay tuned for that at the end of the podcast, because that's going to be something that I, ta I take very seriously, and I'm going to really dive into that. Um, but let's start off with some sports, since that's going to be nice and quick and easy. Excuse me. Um, week 10. Uh, let me look up. The week 10, the uh, Ravens lost to the Dolphins on Thursday night. How the hell that happened, I don't know. Um, <laughs> because the Dolphins suck and the, um, the what's it called? It's the Ravens are a playoff team, or trying to be in the playoffs. Um, they're like 6 and they were 6 and 2, I think, going into that game or something. Um, but this week, let's look at some uh, Saints Titans. It should be a pretty decent game. Um, all the 1 o'clock games are just kind of meh. Um, there's some four or five Seahawks Packers at 425. It's 
Jordan Love versus fucking Geno Smith. Oh my god. I don't know if Russell Wilson... Let me see if Russell Wilson's playing. I doubt he is. He's not on the IR, so he might play. That's that's interesting. He's been out since, I believe, week three or week two with a finger injury. Um, and then Sunday Night Football is going to be a good one. Chiefs at Raiders. Man, this is going to be a good game. Um, I'm excited for that. And then Monday we get uh, Rams 49ers um, in San Francisco. So for my Eagles people, we versus the Denver Broncos on Sunday at one o'clock, uh, 425. Excuse me, I thought it was a 1 o'clock game. Um, the Broncos have beaten every team in the NFC East so far. They've beaten the Giants, they've beaten the uh, Washington football team, and they just blew out the um, Cowboys last Sunday. So, hopefully we're the only team that they don't beat out of the NFC East. Um, right now I'm looking at the IR. We don't have Josh Sweat or Andre Dillard. Um, they don't have a lot of people. Um, I don't know these two people, but Malik Reed, Patrick uh, Sertain, and Baron Browning, they're all defensive players. They're all questionable. Uh, Sweat and Dillard are also questionable. Um, it's in Denver. Um, so I think... Um, I don't I don't know how this game's going to go. I didn't know how last week was going to go. I thought last week was going to be an absolute obliteration, and it was, what, a seven-point game, three-point game, something like that. Um, and I was really, really impressed by Jalen Hurts bouncing back from uh like a you know bouncing back from his you know not even bouncing back because he didn't have a bad game at um Detroit he just didn't do much um he just didn't need to do that much the running game pretty much um helped us out in that game um so I hope he keeps that moment he played an incredible game on he did miss a couple of throws but that's normal for a young uh, quarterback um at his stature and at his skill level he's still improving his ceiling seems to be growing a little a little bit more each uh each time i watch him um but i hope he keeps what he had against the chargers against the broncos um Broncos are a good team. I've I've said it. They're not a good team, but they're not a great. They're kind of like the Eagles. They're good, not great. Um, they have limited options at quarterback in terms of what the quarterback can do. Um, Jalen Hurts can do a little bit more than Teddy Bridgewater, but still, Jalen Hurts has his ceiling. He can run better than Bridgewater, but Bridgewater can throw. I think Bridgewater is a little better of a thrower than Jalen Hurts is. Um, he's a little more accurate. Arm is kind of the same, and he's got a little bit more poise. He's been in the league longer, but he's got a little bit more poise at the quarterback position. He can read defenses a little bit better. Um, so I think it'll be a close game, just like this Chargers game was. Um, I don't know if I hope we can win. I want to. Obviously, I want us to win, but I don't know if we're going to win because um, the Broncos. Look, what the Broncos did against the Cowboys was just kind of unruly, you know, un, out of character for the Cowboys this season. I mean, it's not out of character for the Cowboys in general, because, you know, they, they tend to fuck up every, you know, every season at one point. Um, this is probably their fuck up, but um, yeah. So hopefully the Eagles get this dub on uh, on uh, tomorrow. I keep saying on Sunday, and I'm recording on a Saturday. Um, hopefully we get this dub tomorrow. Um, I'll be, obviously I'll be rooting for him. I'll have my Jersey on. I'll be going, I'll be going crazy. Um, so go birds. And outside of just week 10 matchups, Odell Beckham Jr. Finally got signed, which was, I say finally as in, but like the process of him becoming a free agent was freaking annoying. It almost took like a week waivers and then he had to get off the waivers, and then he had first he had to get it released. Then he had to go through the waiver process, so he had to get the waivers coming over. <laughs> Fucking, I'm like, bro, can you just like release the dude? And anyway, he got signed by the L.A. Rams. Um, I don't know what the contract is. I don't really care. I'm not a Rams fan. Um, maybe that's my due diligence as a podcast. I don't care. Um, so yeah, OBJ to the Rams. Um. 
podcast episode number one, I went back and listened. I had my Super Bowl pick as Bucks and Chiefs. Um, it's now the middle of the season. Um, normally, people change their pick. Uh, <laughs> I want to change my pick, but I don't want to be that guy that changes their pick. Um, because the Chiefs are doing so horrible this year, and you know nobody thought the Chiefs would be doing this bad, and Mahomes wouldn't be playing this bad. Um, but I can it. I have an alternate pick. I'll just say that I have an alternate pick out of the AFC uh, and the NFC. The who's gonna co- who's gonna go in the Super Bowl? I originally said Chiefs and Bucks like last year, and I had the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. My alternate pick is Rams in the Super Bowl for the NFC. And then in the AFC, AFC's hard, man. I'm going to go Bills-Rams, and I'm going to have the Rams coming out on top. I think Sean McVay, you know, redeems himself after um, him losing to Brady in 2019. Um, Yeah, I think that happens. I think um, I think the Rams win the Super Bowl in my alt in an alternate universe. I think the Rams win the Super Bowl against the Bills. Uh, I do think um, now that the Chiefs are kind of meh, um, I think the Bills are the best team in, in the AFC right now. Um, my the only t- the AFC Championship game that I can see happening realistically is the Ravens and the Bills, um, and then in the NFC, obviously, I said this even from the beginning of the year: Rams, Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game, and that could go either way. Um, so OBJ to the Rams, they have to be Super Bowl bound. I mean, if you don't get, at least get to the Super Bowl, I feel like this season was a whole waste. You already got Von, you went and gotten Von Miller the week before you got OBJ this week and how the hell are you not Super Bowl bound at this point? Um, it's, it feels like all in, like, I don't think I've ever seen a, a team outside of football even. This all in, I mean, maybe the Lakers this year, but um, I haven't seen a team, at least an NFL team, this all in, in my life. Like, this is ridiculous. They have damn near the best that they're, posi- at least top 10 in their position at every, every sing- except for maybe running back. They have top 10, top five at every position. Top five offensive line, linemen, top five receivers. They have a top 10 quarterback. They have top, their secondary is top, probably top three. Their linebacking core is top 10. Their defensive line is top five. It's, this team is just stacked all across the board. So no excuse why they shouldn't at least make the Super Bowl. Um, get bearing any, you know, knock on wood, any injuries to that team. But like, that's such a fun team to watch. I enjoy watching them. Like I enjoyed watching the Chiefs the last couple of years. I enjoy. I like Sean McVay. I love. I've loved Matthew Stafford even when he was in Detroit, because um, him Calvin Johnson was one of my favorite receivers. So naturally, I liked Stafford throwing the ball to him, um, and I just like Stafford's work ethic. You know, he's he's a hard worker. I my one of my favorite clips of his is he separates his shoulder, breaks his shoulder, his collarbone or something. He goes back in, drives down the field, wins the game. I forget who it was against. But this was like five, seven, almost damn near, maybe ten years. He's been in the league for eleven years, so it was like a couple, one of his first five years in the league. So, um, Rams got another, another star out in the out in LA. Um, and also news that broke, I believe it was yesterday. Um, it was yesterday or the day before. Cam Newton is returning to the Carolina Panthers for the first time since I believe twenty seventeen. Um. 2017-2018, Sam Darnold's job is probably done. Um, I think this week, I mean, he's injured regardless, Um, but I think the Panthers are trying to win or at least get a wild card spot because they're not winning the NFC NFC South because that's belonging to the Bucs. But I think they're, I think they're fighting with the, um, What's it called? The um, the Falcons for that wild card, like the Falcons and you know the Seahawks and Niners and Car- well, Cardinals are winning the NFC. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say that. I totally forgot about the Cardinals too. Um, they're fighting for those wild card spots basically. Um, 
But it's good to see Cam Newton back with the team that drafted him um, and the team he went to the Super Bowl with in um, Super Bowl 50. Um, I'm happy for Cam. I mean, the New England thing was fun. It was an experiment. But let's be honest, he did not play well at all. I don't think in any game. The one game, I know he had like four interceptions and then got benched. Um, Yeah, Mac Jones is there. Yeah, it wasn't going to work out. Mac Jones is looking like the best rookie quarterback out of this class. Um, I mean, he's got the best team around him. I mean, I could say Trevor Lawrence, but Trevor Lawrence still looks like a project. Uh, to me, he still needs improvement. I think there was way too much hype around him coming into the draft and coming out of the draft. And I don't think Mac Jones, same thing with Trey Lance. Um, I think Mac Jones was the most underrated, but he was like, the rich white boy looking dude. So people didn't really gravitate towards him. Um, you know, Trevor, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is the good Christian boy, like the good Catholic, like everybody could pull for him. Like, Oh, he's the good boy. And he's the, you know, Mac Jones is kind of looked at as the, as the cheesy white rich boy, you know, nobody kind of gravitated towards him. And then Trey Lance just kind of slipped under the radar. Like nobody really was like, Oh yeah, Trey Lance. Woohoo. Like nobody was kind of like that. So, um, yeah, Cam Newton back with the Panthers. I love this. This feels like you know NFL when I was a I was a kid. Um, man, that's gonna be such a next televised game. I'm watching that Cam Newton starting for the Panthers because that's gonna happen eventually. Um, Sam Darnold's job I think is done. Um, I think he's. I think Matt Rule has seen enough of him. Uh, if I'm being honest, so um, so we're gonna hop off of sports and we're gonna go to music and. Oh my lord. For the first time, well, I shouldn't say for the first time, but finally, and I can say this finally, finally, we heard the first single in March. We heard the second single in August. We heard the third single last week. Silk Sonic is finally here. The album is finally here. And let me tell you, that was the best 30 minutes, I think it's 31 minutes, 31 minutes of music I've heard this year. Period. End of story. Don't give me Donda. Don't give me CLB. Don't give me the off-season. Don't get me. call me when you get lost. Don't give me any of this. No. Silk Sonic has the album of the year. And it's not even close. In any genre of music. Any. It was pure perfection. It is the last 10 out of 10 album I've heard since Igor. Igor, to me, was a 10 out of 10 album by title of the creator. And that came out in 2019. And that wasn't even a hip-hop album. That was just it's a whole bunch. Of, it was a pop album, but it had elements of hip-hop. It had elements of R&B. It had elements of indie and electronic and all, everything thrown together, avant-garde and everything. There's very few 10 out of 10 albums that I kind of give out. The Blonde by Frank Ocean is one. Swimming by Mac Miller is another. Igor by Tyler the Creator is another. This album is a 10 out of 10. It's an instant classic. This is one of the better duos that we've had in music in the last decade. And it left me for wanting more, and I think it did it for all of us. It's nine tracks. Three of them had been released already. You don't. The first one is an intro track, so you can't really count that one. So in essence, there's eight musical tracks. Three of them have been released, and we had five new ones. I don't, there's no flaws to me in this album. These are two musicians, yes, they are musicians and artists that are perfectionists. If any, first off, if any of you, I know everybody's heard of Bruno Mars, Grenade, we're going to talk about uh, the smoking out the window meme in a second. Um, if any of you have not heard or listened to Anderson Pack, please do. Please bless your ears with his musical fucking genius. That he has with that um, with the Free Nationals, his band, which is the backing band for this album. Go listen to Anderson Pack, please. Talks about everything: love, 
racism, injustice. You know, those are just three things that popped into my head, but he covers a lot of topics. Um, Everybody knows Bruno Mars. He's been in the music business and has been a staple in the music business since 2010. Um, 2009, 2010, for at least the last decade. Um, And this album was fantastic. Uh, You're going to hear me say that a lot. Um, This album was pure silkiness. <laughs> Alluding to the name. That's just first off, let me just start off on the name. The album cover, I'll first start off with the album cover. The album cover wasn't my favorite. I think they could have done a little more with it, but it is what it is. I, I know what they're trying to do. It's a promotional poster because it's a concert that they're trying to, that you're, you're it's an evening with Silk Sonic is the album uh, name. So you have the promotional poster, and it's this, and Bootsy Collins is hosting, and Bootsy Collins, just shout out Bootsy Collins, because that shit was, ooh, man, that was just timeless. Um, But the name of the band, Silk Sonic, the name of the group, it screams 60, 70 soul. It screams Motown soul, and just, I I thought it was, because there's Silk Sonic, so... My the way my brain works is that I was like, all right, who's Silk and who's Sonic in that name? Because they both had to come up with the name together. So my thought was, since Bruno's kind of the smooth, smooth the smooth talker, the smooth singer, and all that stuff, like he's the he's the singer of the group. He's the so he's the silky one. He's the Silk of the of the group. He's the smooth one. And the Sonic, when you think of Sonic, you think of sound. You think of sound. And that's Anderson Pack. He brings the sound. He brings the musicality. He brings the backing, the beat, the, the, the music, the band. He brings all of that. So Silk Sonic. Silk is Bruno Mars. Sonic is Anderson Pack. I don't even know if that's a thing, but that's how my brain works. And my brain's weird, so that's how it works. So, album of the year, hands down. It'll be nominated. I think they did it. For a reason they did it, they should. My gripe with this, though, my only gripe with this is the rollout. They should have, perf- they should have dropped this. Leave the door open in March. They could have done smoking out the window maybe in May, and then released the album. To me, because Skate on its own, everybody was commenting on Skate. Skate came out in I believe August. The reason why, there's two reasons why. One, it's probably not the strongest commercially. Two, it's a disco record. And not a lot of people like disco music. People think, you know, disco sucks. Some disco, most, I should say, most disco stuff. But if you listen to, like, um, the Bee Gees, for example, they're disco. They slap, all right? Michael Jackson's off the wall. There's a lot of disco records on there. It's R&B, but it's disco. Shit slaps. There's a lot of... Um, i trying to think. Well, those are the two... Well, the, for me, the Bee Gees is like disco, disco, disco. They're the prime example of that. Then you get you, like your 60s soul. So you have your Al Greens. You have your Stevie Wonders. You have your um, Gladys Knights. You have all of those... That you have your temptations. That was more fifties and into the sixties. Even like you have your Isley Brothers. You have all of that combined into one. And I think that's why skate was just kind of like <laughs> pun intended, skated under the radar because it was a disco record and not a lot of people fucked with it. But I did. It's one of my favorite. It's probably top five off my favorite on the uh, album. Um, Leave the Door Open is still my favorite song off that album. Smoking Out the Windows, like, 1B, and then Put a Smile, what, what is that, Put a Smile on My Face, or, I forget the, t- I'm, I'm okay with titles, uh, titles, I'm not the best with them, Put, Put On a Smile, easily my third favorite song off this album, easily. Bruno's performance is immaculate, as always. Anderson's, oh, it's just, it's just a perfect record. It's a perfect love record. Um, and there's a lot of love songs on here, which is really, really good. Um, let me break down. I'm going to break this album down. Um, so you have Fly As Me. The, the, the two funk records are Fly As Me and 777. I like Fly As Me a little bit better. 
because it's just so smooth. It's just so funky. It's so smooth. The bass is ridiculous. The, whoever the fuck the bass player is deserves a fucking cookie because this shit, he's... And the drummer. If I know Anderson's probably on a couple of drum tracks, but the ones that he's not on, or if he's on all of them, shout out to Anderson Pack for that because whoever the drummer was on all these tracks is just... The drum... And the bass on this album, that backing section was flawless, absolutely flawless, and was a reason why this album was so good. Um, and then, yeah, but like after last night, put on a smile and blast off. Oh god, those are the three. Just blast off was probably the best outro of the year on any album. Like I said, it's album of the year. I can repeat it all over and over again. Oh, you shut the fuck up, Adam. No, this is album of the year. This shit is beautiful music. This is music. Not none of this. <clears throat> and people complained about the uh, the length. I was one of those people. I didn't. It wasn't my biggest gripe with it, um, which I didn't have many gripes with this album. But my gripe with this, people saying, that, oh, it's nine tracks. You do got to realize back in the 1960s and 70s, most albums didn't eclipse 10 tracks. Because they only had, and you know, no album was maybe past 45 minutes. Because back then, they didn't have this, they didn't have Pro Tools. They didn't have this technology. They had to record it on records and tape. Like they had, they only had so much that they could use. And that's why most albums back then are like 10 tracks. But that's what makes it good. That's what makes it good. You know, then you get your double albums like Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. That's when the technology had enhanced itself. But then you're, if you're an artist like Stevie Wonder, you have that money and that means to make a double album like that. And that's if you haven't listened to that album, please go do. It's absolute all-time, all-time great R&B soul album. Um, but that's what it was back then. Like most albums weren't, you know, Commercially successful albums weren't really, you know, all of Zepp Led Zeppelin's albums, at least some of the early ones, maybe 12 tracks, but they're, it rocks a different element. When you go into here, it's just a different, Sly and the Family Stone, their albums were short. Al Green albums were pretty short and condensed. All these short and condensed albums are normally the, the greater ones out of that time. Um... So I'm off of Silk Sonic because I could talk about this album for hours and I'm not going to bore you with all of that because I could go into the musicality of it and the, the all of that type of stuff with it. Like, and I'm not going to I'm not going to bother you guys with that. But album of the year, Silk Sonic, easily um, leave the door open. Song of the year, easily. Um, and video of the year, I would probably go smoking out the window. Um, the way that video is. It's. I think it's a better video than Leave the Door Open, even though Leave the Door Open just brings a different vibe um, sonically. See, Sonic. But I think Smoking Out the Window is a better video. I mean, Skate's a pretty damn good video, too. Excuse me. Um, all of the videos together, all three of them, and the three singles, I think it fit. If they put an extra track at the end, maybe like a tenth track, maybe that would have made it a little more, okay, we understand the three singles, but three out of nine with then the intro check. So it's technically three out of eight. That's a lot. Um, that's a lot of singles for one. I think they could have just dropped the two and then dropped the album for the summer. They had all the, but they had, you know, then you would have had the Drake and the Kanye contract, the beef arising again, Donda and all that shit. So I think they just bypassed all of that. And, but it's still, a, it's still a perfect album, still a beautiful album. Um, a lot of great music. This is probably going to be. I'm going to run this. Listens. I'm going to listen to the fuck out of this thing, because um, it just puts me in a better mood instantly. Um, so shout out Silk Sonic. Thank you for this album. Thank you for this music. This is beautiful music. Um, so from a happier sounding album to a little more somber. Um, Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor. Yes. I listen to Taylor Swift. Yes, I'm a 22-year-old male that listens to Taylor Swift. Sue me. Um, I know it's not the biggest... Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Biggest... Um, 
support, you know, men, you know, people are tend to shit on men for listening to female artists like Adele, Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift, Beyonce. Be like, music is subjective. Music is for everybody. Uh, like I said la- on my closing last week, I said that. Um, so yes, I listened to Taylor Swift's Red when it came out. Uh, I was 12 years old when it came out, 11, 12 years old. So I listened to it then. I've listened to Taylor Swift probably since I was like 10 years old. Um, and I've listened all throughout high school and even college now with you know the albums she put up with Folklore. She put out a, couple, a year ago. So, and Evermore. So then this came out when she announced Red. Red is my favorite Taylor Swift album, by the way. You know, I have a favorite album of damn near every artist I listen to. The Red is my favorite Taylor Swift album. So when she re-released, when she said she was going to re-release this, it, 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 an instant nostalgia. Just, okay, I'm going to go back to when I was 11, 12 years old, listening to this with, you know, on my iPod. <laughs> and... It's just going to bring back a lot of nostalgia, and a lot of shit has happened since that album has come out to me personally. Even, you know, Red is more of a breakup album because it's mainly about Jake Gyllenhaal, who she dated back then. Um, But, so I was like, all right, I'm going to lose my shit on this album because, or this re release because a lot of shit's happened to me then. And I'll be the first to admit, listen, this is a this is a public forum. This is a public platform. I do not care. I will be here and say, I cried my ass off to a couple of these songs. Um, because it songs that didn't mean anything, like All Too Well, I'll use for an example. It's a breakup song. I didn't experience breakups at 11. But at 22, yeah, I did. And some of them sucked. And some of the situations, even that weren't relationships, felt like relationships. You know, those types of relationships, you have them all the time, possibly. And it, they end. And it fucking sucks. So, th- it hit me. And even the 10-minute version, holy hell. At the end, holy mother of... Jeez, man. She didn't have to do that. She didn't have to do all that. Damn. Fantastic. It sounded good. The only ones I didn't really like on the re-release, um, what was it? Uh, I, again, song titles I'm not the best at. Um, we are never getting back together. I just like the original version better. I think she, I think she did a great job through in and out of the um, entire uh, album. Um, I just like like State of Grace. I I didn't mind this version, but I like the original version a little better. Red, I like the original version a little bit better. I Knew You Were Trouble a little bit better, the original version. Um, Because I've just heard it. It's been... uh, I Knew You Were Trouble, especially. Like, 22, all the singles that came off of it, they were drilled into my head. They played on the radio. They play... I work at Wawa. They play at Wawa all the fucking time. So it's like, I'm used to that sound, and it was a different sound for me. Um, but I still liked it. Um, the, 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 um, excuse me, the acoustic version of state of grace was flawless. She did a fantastic job. I listened to it in my car and when that acoustic version came on, there's a lot of bass in the background. So my car is just, it's like shaken. Um, cause I have an older car, so it's not like the, the technology of my speakers isn't like the newest. There's like rattling my window. I'm like, holy shit. Like the fucking something crawled into my car. Uh, but, and then also she did a couple. She did um, Better Man um, by, uh, was that Little Big Town, I think. Um, yeah, Little Big Town. Um, the Little Big Town cover, which she did a phenomenal job. I love that song by Little Big Town. And I was like, Wait a minute, I know this song. This is a... F- and, yeah. Um, and even the ones, like, all from the vault, they were really good song. Um, <clears throat> and then the 10-minute version of All Too Well. Holy man, oh man, that was... That was a, that was a, that was a hot moment. Um, and then Ronan was another, sta- another tearjerker 
um, she talks about. I don't know if it was, I don't want to sound ignorant, um, but it's about a four-year-old child who she had a very close relationship with, and he had passed away. So, that was, the waterworks were working there, guys. Um, But I think she did a fantastic job. I like what she's doing with re-recording her music and putting it out. I think that's fucking genius. She's already made a shit ton of money from her career and now she's re-releasing albums that are timeless pop and country classics like country pop classics um and she's re-releasing them she did it with fearless now she's doing it red so what would be the next al- let's take a look here let's see what would be the next album that she would put out if she would re-release um it would be i'm not good with her timeline either i'm not good with artists certain artists timelines uh, it would be 1989. Now, oh no, was, she could do Speak Now. Did she do Speak Now or Fearless? She did Fearless, did she not? She did Fearless. So Speak Now, I think, would be another one that she could do. Um, oh yeah, there's a lot of good songs. On. Oh my god. Yeah, she's got to yeah, do Speak Now. Now that's going to be the next one that she does. Um, I think that's the one she should do. But I think it's genius how she's doing it. And just she's making t- twice as more money now. She's t- she's making fucking bank now. I mean, she's already got fucking bank. I looked at her albums that the one day I was talking music with some some of my family, and I was like, y'all don't realize how big her fucking numbers are. Just not in the U.S. alone. Forget worldwide. Just in the U.S. alone. Wow, she's like sixteen times platinum. I'm like, holy shit. Taylor Swift is a different breed of popular, man. She's a different breed of musicianship. She came from country music. So she writes all her shit. I mean, she has, you know, partners and people that write songs for her and country music. That, that's a normality. Um, we don't look down upon that in country music like we look down upon that in hip-hop. People writing songs for people. Um, but... She came from country music. She transitioned to pop. Then she transitioned to alt, alt, and then more so into alt indie. She is a chameleon. Um, I'm gonna put my Taylor Swift cap on, like cape on, like I'm doing now. Um, she people say Drake's versatile, right? Because he can do R and B. He could do hip hop. Taylor Swift went from one of the one of the most popular, if one of the most popular genres. In American music, in country music, and she was a star. She could have been a country artist the rest of her career and made shit ton of money. But she's like, I want to be bigger than a, just a country artist. Then 1989 comes out, and she's now pop. I remember when Shake It Off, when she performed Shake It Off, I believe it was at the Grammys. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I believe it was at the Grammys in 2014. Everybody was like, oh my god. She's untouchable now. That song was such a hit. And then you get on that same album, Bad Button, Wildest Dreams. That 1989 is probably my second favorite Taylor Swift album. It was such a risk for her career to leave country music and to transition into pop. Because everybody's like, oh, she's just got this sweet soft voice that you know she can hit these high notes and she's her range is good and amazing and but she couldn't pop no 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 not pop she did it then she transitioned to fucking in alternative and indie people talk about drake being the biggest artist in the world he can be the biggest artist in the world but he's nowhere near the most creative out of his superstar contemporaries, like a Bruno Mars or a Taylor Swift or a Justin Bieber. Eh, Let me not do that to Bieber. Like a Justin Bieber. His contemporaries at this superstar pop star status, he doesn't hold a candle to. And I can say that, I could easily say that about Taylor Swift. If I'm comparing the two of them, Taylor Swift takes the cake. She's got more versatility. 
She takes bigger risks in her career, and she's and it's paid the fuck off. So, yeah, I'm taking my Taylor Swift cape off now. I talked about Taylor Swift for the last 10 minutes. Congratulations to Taylor Swift. This album, this re-release was everything that we needed. Um, thank you for this re-release. Um, took me back to when I was 11, 12 years old. Fantastic. Um, staying in music. We're going to stay in music up until the end of the podcast. Um, Juice World fans which I am a huge Juice World fan of. I was very, very upset when he passed away. Two, it's going to be two years in December. Um, I don't normally cry when celebrities pass away because it's like they pass away. It's like another person. Um, but this one, when he passed away, it kind of hit hard because his music really resonated with me and what I was going through and what I still go through today. Um, but an album was announced with a single which was already dead. Yes, already dead. Um, that was a rough listen. I will tell you that much. That song was a rough listen on a Friday morning. Um, but his album, Fighting Demons, which is a song off of Legends Never Die, um, that was released. It was his first posthumous album that was released back in July of last year. Um, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, Fighting Demons, December 10th is when the album is coming out. Um, I don't know what's going to be on it. I already know this single is going to be on it. Uh, already dead. Um, I'm assuming this is going to be a really heavy album in terms of heavy being uh, content-wise and just just sad. It's going to be sad vibes all around, basically. Is But by the album title, it's going to be rough listen. Um it's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of addiction talk, a lot of drug talk, a lot of depression talk, a lot of anxiety talk. It's going to be a lot of, it's probably going to be his most personal posthumous release. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of songs like, if anybody's listened to Dark Place, that's probably the one of the most sad hip-hop songs I've ever listened to. That it's not, it's not released, but it's on, it is released, it's on SoundCloud, but it's not, I don't think it's finished, but... If they throw that on this album, like at the end of this album, I don't, I'm going to lose my shit, but I don't think that song should be put out in the world like that because it's such a, it's such a dark song. It's such a sad song. If you listen to that uh, song, it's on SoundCloud, it's called um, Dark Place, and he's just, oh, it doesn't even sound like him. He's just kind of crooning. He sounds groggy. He sounds half asleep, and it's just a such a sad record. Um, so I hope they don't put that on there because um, I'm 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 cool with listening to it occasionally on SoundCloud. Um, so December 10th, Fighting Demons. We get new Juice World music. It's the day after. I think he died on the eighth, eighth or ninth of twenty eight uh, nineteen. Um, so it's a couple days after his death death date anniversary. Um, and then we also, we get a documentary, which we've been um, hoping that we would get for the last two years. Um, December 16th, um, I forget what the documentary is called, but it's a Juice World documentary. Um, December 16th, I saw the trailer. Trailer's on his Instagram page, it's on his Twitter page, it's all over the place. You could just, It's probably on YouTube, you can look it up. Um... It looks really good. Um, I think it's going to go into his career, similar to the Kid Cudi doc, which I'm going to mention in a second. Um, the Kid, um, the Juice World doc, it looks like it's going to go into his career, um, his personal life. I don't know if it's going to touch his addictions or not. I'm not sure. I don't, but I think it's made by his team, DJ Scheme, and all of those that camp of people. Um, so I don't know what it's going to touch upon. I think I'm excited for it. Um, I like documentaries about artists that are made by the team or by the artist with their team. Um, so I'm excited for that. New, we get New Juice World stuff in December. Uh, it's already a rough month because he died in that December. His birthday's in December. Um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a great way. It's going to be a sad way to end the year in terms of hip hop music. Cause, we, uh, but I don't know who's dropping in December, but. Um, we get New Juice World music, and we get a documentary, which we've been, we've been waiting on for the last two years, uh, ever since he passed away. So, um, congrats, Juice World's team. 
I think they're doing a good job, you know, not just dropping random snippets and shit. They're actually making sure that these songs, hopefully they make sure this song, uh, this album makes, makes uh, sense. It's not just a bunch of singles thrown on there like Net Legends Never Die was, but it was a great album. Don't get me wrong. It was just very label oriented and very commercial that way. Um, but hopefully, and I'm, ex- I'm more excited for the documentary than anything. Um, so from one artist documentary to another, the Kid Cudi documentary um, is on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime, you get it for free. If you don't, I believe you got to pay for it, but I don't know how much because I have Amazon Prime, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he partnered with Amazon to make this um, documentary. It goes through his career. It goes through how he started, where he is now, his mental health issues, what he wants to do about that. It's such an amazing documentary. I watched, I was like half asleep last night and I watched it, and I'm going to watch it again today um just to get a little more meaning out of it but it, it like I cried watching it because he's one of my favorite artists um ever and his music when I discovered his music I was 9 10 years old uh man on the moon came out in 09 so I would have been 10 um and I've loved that and you know day and night day and night I toss a turn. Um, that song is one of my favorite beats, like beat selections ever. Do, 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 do. Like, it's such, sorry, I'm getting in my music nerd bag. Um, <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a good song. And then that album is just a classic among classics in terms of that emo rap type of not even emo rap, it's just, like, whatever you want to describe 808s and Heartbreaks by Kanye West. Like, that's that album, then Man on the Moon, and then Man on the Moon 2, which people say is better. I tend to put one over two only because it's the nostalgic factor. Um, but two, I think, is musically better. I think it's a better, the content's better. Songs are a tad bit better. There's not as many, to me, fillers. Um, but... Regardless, the the documentary itself was fantastic. It had everybody in there. Um, it had Kanye in there, Schoolboy Q. Pharrell does the intro of the documentary. It's got everybody on the face of the fucking industry probably in that in that documentary. Um, I think it's a fantastic documentary. I think everybody should watch it if you're if you're just a music fan and you know who Kid Cudi is. And even if you don't know who Kid Cudi is, there's a lot of music that's played throughout this documentary that's his, obviously. And it gives you a taste of, okay, oh, okay, I like this. Oh, I like that message in this album, or I like that message or in this song. I like that message in that song. It just gives a nice um, introduction to who Kid Cudi is musically and who he is just as a person. He's just such a genuine human being. And, you know, after watching this, I'm like, I just want to go to give this man a hug. Like, this dude's putting it all out in his music, in his life. He was just wearing, I think it was the, I forget what award show it was. He just wore a dress. He wore a dress on SNL, you know, paying tribute to me. It was paying tribute to Kurt Cobain, who wore a similar style dress on, I believe, MT, back in, on MTV back then. Um, so... He's very aware of nostalgia and what to do and product placement and all that shit. So shout out to Kid Cudi, man. I could go on for hours about Kid Cudi and how much he's helped me. His music has helped me. Um, but I, I, I really needed this documentary. I think all of us did for hip-hop fans, music fans, Kid Cudi fans. Um, it was a fantastic documentary. He did a great job. with. Uh, he was executive producer of this. He did a fantastic job, um, and anybody who was involved with this did a fantastic job. The interviews were fantastic. Um, of course, Kanye was going to be Kanye in the beginning, but but it was it like it made sense. Like you know, anything that he said made sense. Um, and part two to his Drink Champs interview, I still have to listen to. So um, I would suggest go listen to that too. I'm curious. He's got Larry Hoover Jr. on there um, with you know Nori. 
and that whole Drink Champs team. Um, so go listen to that too, but go definitely watch that Kid Cudi documentary if you're a hip-hop fan, music fan in general. Um, it's 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 flawless, damn near. It's, it's a great documentary. One of the better artist documentaries I've seen in a long time. Um, and since, so this is where we're going to switch into the mental health talk since it's Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, and Kid Cudi is a big mental health activist, uh, especially for men's mental health. Um, and even himself. Um, so I'm going to read off, you know, I know everybody's like, oh, um, this is an article that's, it says June is men's health month. This is just men's health month. Um, but this is just mental health, um, uh, stats. When was this? I don't even know. But anyway, so we'll go depression, anxiety. So depression, 6 million men suffer from depression every year. Um, more likely men with depression are likely to report fatigue, irritability, loss of interest in work hobbies, rather than feeling sad or worthless, even though those two feelings still tend to be prominent in men. Um, anxiety, 19.1 a million American adults ages 18 to 54 have an anxiety disorder. 3 million a little over 3 million of those men have a panic disorder, agoraphobia, or any other phobia. Um, bipolar disorder, 2.3 million Americans affected by uh, bipolar disorder, an equal amount of men and women develop the illness. An age of onset for men is between 16 to 25. I'm 22. Luckily, I don't have bipolar uh, disorder, and I know people who do, and... They don't like it. They they hate it, and it's it it is. It's a lot. Um, in terms of uh, psychosis and schizophrenia, three point five million people in the U.S. are diagnosed with schizophrenia. It is one of the leading causes of disabilities. Ninety um, percent of people who are diagnosed with schizophrenia by age thirty are men. Um, and then eating disorders, males account for an estimated ten percent of patients with uh, anorexia and bulimia and an estimated 35% of those binge eating disorders. Men with eating disorders are less likely to speak to professional, are less likely to seek professional help than women. I know we're in a time now where it's women's rights, it's the, it's the forefront of conversation in a lot of places. Um, the, the reason I'm reading off these facts is because it's Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um... So don't feel like, you know, oh, you're only talking about men, you're, you're misogynistic, you're sexist. No, absolutely not. Um, I'm simply stating facts and research. Um, all right, these are some rough, um, this is uh, about suicide. Um, uh, I'll start with the uh, gender disparity one. Um, these are probably older stats um, that I'm reading, but I can't, I couldn't find any newer stats. Um, and I really didn't want to find any stats, to be honest with you. Um, but regardless, um, men are, it's, you know, men are three times as more likely to um, commit suicide. And uh, I can't, I can't read, guys, I'm sorry, I can't read these stats. Um, and it goes into um, I'm this. I can't. I'm sorry, guys. I can't read any more stats. Um, it's triggering for me. But um, I will say this from personal experience. Um, I'm done reading stats. I'm sorry. That was just kind of a choppy subject for me. I can't reading those stats. I can't, it just doesn't doesn't hit me right. Um, with men's mental health, like I said uh, a couple seconds ago. Um, this isn't a men are more affected by it than women. Women go through their share of mental health traumas, their health traumas, their societal traumas. They have a lot of go, they got a lot going on just like we got a lot going on. All right. You know, but mental health is something that is more catered to women than it is to men. And it goes, 
deeper than just, oh, men just don't show it. It goes deeper than that. From the time we were born as men, or as boys, I should say, when we're young and we're boys, we're told, suck it up, be a man. You get hurt during a game, don't cry. You know, if you play sports and you get injured, don't cry. Don't cry, that shows weakness. If you cry, that shows weakness. Shake it off. Go back in the game, shake it off. Be a man. I've heard that since I was three years old, maybe. From Not from my parents, but from coaches, teachers, people in general. Oh, what are you crying for? Be a man, suck it up. That's what's the issue. That's what's the problem. It's rooted. Just like racism is rooted in people since they are born, and it's taught to them when they are born, same thing goes with men's mental health and how to deal with emotions. Men tend to suppress themselves with drugs, alcohol, unhealthy eating habits, whether it's not eating at all or not eat or eating too much. You know, even as much as driving fast down an, uh, down an open highway, an open street, two o'clock in the morning, even something like that is unhealthy because it could cause someone to crash. Yourself, you could injure other people, you could get into an accident and injure other people, kill other people. And then that's th- 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 like it. it, it I'm not trying to get emotional on this podcast today. But this is such a touchy subject that I might. This, um, this idea that men have to be Superman. We have to be Iron Man. We have to be these superheroes to these people. Your families, your kids, if you have kids. I'm here to tell you it's alright to break down every once in a while. I struggle with that. I struggle with that, you know, crying, crying is so simple. When something bad happens, it's out of your control or something sad happens. Someone passes away or you watch a sad movie or listen to a sad song. It's meant for you to make you cry. It's to pull some emotion out of you. I struggle with that. I know a lot of my friends struggle with that because we're guys. We're, you know, we're the boys. We're not supposed to cry. We're not supposed to show emotion. It shows weakness. You know, if we're trying to impress a impress a woman, or keep a woman more so than impress a woman, if we're trying to keep a woman, try to keep a girlfriend, don't show any emotion. Don't don't show weakness because they'll use that against you. And that some and that some in some cases is true. They will flip that, and those women are horrendous people that will just use mental Ill, mental health and mental illness on flip it on somebody else. Not just women, just men that do that to women too. Like people are fucking assholes that do that. But it's from from the day we were born. I can't stress that enough. From the minute we came into this world as a boy, be a man, be a man. That's what it was. Be a man. Suicide is something that's not talked about enough for men. Three times as likely to commit suicide more than women. Men are. Three times as many. I think it's a stat that's one in three men commit suicide. I think every three months or some every week, every day, I'm not sure. But it's one in three and something. I don't want to look that stat up because that, that, that is the stat that fucks me over every time. Fucks me up every time. And this is such a touchy subject. And it shouldn't be, especially for men. We talk about shit all the time. We talk about sports. We talk about politics. We talk about uh, beer and all this t- other stuff. Guy stuff. Movies. Music. Art. All this stuff, we talk about all this other stuff about uh, as men. But we don't talk about mental health. Why? Because it's an emotional subject. It's a girly subject. I'm here to tell you, ain't nothing fucking manly about 
feeling like shit. That's not manly. It's fucking horrible. It's depressing. And to get help, we don't even go to seek professional help because that scene is weak. But for a woman, oh no, it's okay. No, we support you. We're here, sis. We're here for you. For a dude, be a man. What the fuck are you crying for? You little bitch. You little pussy. You little pussy. You're you're a little pussy. You crying? You having a bad day? Well, suck it up, pussy. You know, many times I've heard, not to me, because I hide my emotions very well. But you want to know how many times I've heard you know people say that to my friends, to my coworkers? Are you having a bad day? Suck it up, pussy. People are so fucking cruel, and I don't understand it. And that's another issue. We're so fucking cruel to each other. Men, we're so fucking cruel to each other. In some cases. Fuck you, asshole. Fuck you, pussy. Fuck you, bitch. Sorry, I'm cursing a lot, but like it's bringing it out of me. I don't care. I've cursed out on every episode. <laughs> we're so cruel to each other. We don't love each other enough. But I will say this. As much as we say nasty shit to each other as men, there's no b- bigger bond. Don't give me women and women have a bigger bond. No, men, a man and a man as a fr- like friends, like my male friends that I have, no bigger bond is between a man and a man relationship-wise, friendship-wise. No bigger bond is better than that. That's why we're the boys. Like, the boys do crazy ass shit we'll do anything we'll go out we'll stay in we'll do some stupid shit (laughs) girls half the time from what from my experience what i've heard they either go out and get drunk or they stay in and get drunk and they don't do they don't do stupid shit most of the time because it's like oh the girls we're going out With the boys, it's like, what are you doing with the boys? I don't know. We'll figure some shit out. (laughs) That's normally how it goes. I don't know. We'll figure some shit out. Girls talk about their traumas all the time. Girls talk about their emotions all the time. Guys don't do that. But when it comes out, it's, it's deep. Like, we'll say some deep shit. I just went off on a tangent. My brain just went off on a tangent. Hopefully you guys understand what I'm trying to say. This is a very touchy subject, and I think my brain's telling me, nah, you shouldn't be talking about it right now. But now I am. Um, shout out to all my boys, all my men, who are going through shit right now. It's Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. We don't, get, we don't talk about it enough. We put this shield over us, this 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 guard up of our emotions, and we shouldn't. We should be allowed to cry and not be called a bitch or a pussy. We should be able to express our emotions without being a, called a bitch or a pussy. We shouldn't be told to man up. We don't tell women to women up. That makes no fucking sense. So why should we be telling men to man up? What the fuck does even man up mean? To me, a man is someone that provides for himself and the people that are around him. That is what a man is to me. In my definition of a man. Someone who is able to be vulnerable, to be one within himself. And someone who can just do shit when, when, when being asked. Be there for people. Even if it's too much for him to handle, he's still there. That's what a man is. That's what a man is. Not this macho-ass, lumberjack-looking motherfucker. No. That ideal of a man, six-pack, tall, broad, abs, jacked muscles. No, that's not a fucking man. I'm 5'3", 130, 30 pounds. I do not look like fucking The Rock. Or John Cena. Or fucking, you know. Paul Rudd was just named Sexiest Man Alive. Does he have a fucking six-pack? No. Does he have jacked up shoulders? No. 
Is he tall? Kind of. He's average height. But my point is, he's sexiest man alive. Our standards are changing for men. And they should continue to. The sexiest man alive doesn't have to be this alpha of a man. This freaking Greek god-looking motherfucker. Like, no, it doesn't have to be all that. Keep going, my boys. The boys, that, that's, like I said, that's a stronger bond than anything. The boys. I'm going to read a thing I found on Facebook. Um, this is for anybody who's going through mental health. I know it's Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, but I'm going to stray this to all of my, my peoples um, that listen and that will listen uh, down the line. Uh, I'm just checking time here, how much I'm... Well, I've been talking for an hour. So, it doesn't have a title. Excuse me. But I call it Please Stay. That's, that's the first thing that popped into my head. And this is for anybody going through suicide, depression, anxiety, schizophrenia. If you're thinking about ending your life, please listen to what I'm saying. If you're looking for a reason to keep living... Do it for the days you will dance around your room by yourself listening to your favorite songs. Do it because having a drink in the middle of the in, excuse me, in the middle of the night with your friends makes you feel like that moment is never going to end. Do it for all the strangers you are yet to smile at and admire. Do it for or do it because one day a friend you haven't met yet might need you. Do it for the sunny days and do it for the rainy days. And because you haven't gotten to wear your favorite outfit enough. Do it because you are yet to try the best anything that you've tasted. Or because your all-time favorite movie or song or album might not even exist yet. Do it because the best day of your life might be around the corner. Or because your favorite band might announce a concert in your city two weeks from now. Do it to watch your best friend fall in love with somebody who treats them right. Or to see your sibling graduate. Fuck, I can't stress this enough. But please, please keep choosing life. Because your heart might hurt now. Waking up might feel dreadful. And you might just be over it all. But choose life not only for others. Choose life for yourself to watch yourself recover, to feel proud that you haven't cried in weeks, to recognize the change in your behavior, to watch yourself slip out of your bad habits, to love the sound of birds chirping again, to touch the grass with your bare feet and remember that life is beautiful. Choose life because life chose you. Life always chooses you. Please, just stay here with me. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for listening. We've hit 10 episodes. I thank you for your support now, in the past, and continuing. I will see you guys next week for episode 11. Have a glorious weekend. Have a beautiful week. Feel free to reach out to the podcast or to myself if you need any help. I hope you have a beautiful day. I love you. Stay strong, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.